Hello and welcome to Word for the Day. This is Father Pete Matthews from St. Patrick's Anglican Church in Lexington, Kentucky. And in today's Word for the Day, we continue our Lent 4 series, thinking about war and peace from a Christian perspective. And so what I want to begin with in this episode and really spend this in the next three episodes thinking about is the two the two ways that Christians have thought about how we can participate in war or not. War is a is a reality in a fallen world. Is there ever a place for a Christian to participate in that or not? And then out of those two, I'll probably at the end uh, give my my own perspective, and you can take that or leave it as you want. But just how I think about it, and maybe you'll find that helpful um, to discern your own perspective, maybe as a foil or as something to kind of uh, embrace. But what I want to say in today's episode is this. There, there are two perspectives that have arisen during the last 2,000 years of Christianity about how to think about war and peace and Christians' participation in war and peace. One is pacifism, and one is what's called just war theory. Pacifism and just war theory. And pacifism, and again, we're going to do an episode that dives in this a little deeper um, after this, but pacifism is the idea that um, Christians, because we are called, for example, to love our enemies, because God is fundamentally nonviolent, because we anticipate a future world of peace, we are called to not participate in war, um, to use force even to try to achieve a temporal good, not an ultimate good, but a temporal good, um, is just out of bounds for Christians. Now, some Christians within that, there's sub-views, and I probably won't get deep into these, but but I'll just mention them now. For some, it's actually um, nonviolence can become a tool for like um, negotiating the world stage. But I think for most Christians, it's it's an eschatological or a messianic practice, meaning we're called to be a sign of the future peaceable kingdom. And so even if the rest of the world's at war, and even if maybe in a temporal geopolitical sense, there might be a necessity for war, we just can't participate in it as a witness to the kingdom of God. That's kind of the Christian pacifist view. It's not a view that takes lightly human sin. It's not a view that pretends there aren't um, evil actors on the world stage and that we can be naive about that. It's, a, it's not a naive view at all. It's simply a view that you know we follow the, the Lord of peace, the king of peace, and we have to not participate in war. The second view is called just war view. And where this starts out is, is it says, look, between Genesis 3 and the return of Christ, war is a reality. And as one reasons about war, one can make a distinction between waging war in an inherently evil manner or, or responding to war in a sort of policing kind of manner. So, for example, I live in Lexington, Kentucky. We have a police force, and um, they use force and violence if needed. They carry weapons. They keep weapons in their car. And the reason they do that is because there are people who will break the law and bring chaos and disorder and evil into our community, and and they, ha- they use force to counter that. Um, and so, in the same way, Just War Theory says, sometimes kingdoms or nations can do the same thing. If a nation, for example, is attacked, they have a right to defend their nationhood. Um, 
or perhaps they're an ally to another nation. And if the one doing the attacking is doing it in an evil manner or a wicked manner, um, it's right and good for a Christian to participate. So so one classic way people who believe in just war argue this, they'll take the, the passage where Jesus says, if someone slaps you, um, you know, on, on one cheek, turn the other. You know, love your enemies, be nonviolent. And they say that works if it's just you and an interlocutor. But perhaps someone's threatening your family with violence and not you. And they're going to kill your family. So what's the right moral duty? To allow them to kill your family who are at least temporally innocent um, in the name of peace? Or do you use force to stop them from killing your enemy? Who, who, your family, excuse me. So who, who deserves the moral, um, the moral um, benefit of the doubt here? In a just war, Christian would say, I think I have a duty in Christ to actually stop that violence. Hopefully I can do it without ending a life, but even if I have to, I will if it saves this other life. That's kind of the reasoning. Um, so those are, those are the two positions. And what I want to say is they're both, both serious positions. They're both positions that recognize God is essentially nonviolent and the future peaceable kingdom is coming. And they're both positions that recognize we live in a fallen, broken world. Wars will happen, and neither one seeks to be naive about good and evil and pretend that if we just, you know, for example, if we just would have been nice to Hitler, he wouldn't have invaded Poland and France, et cetera, and Russia, et cetera. Um, but that, you know, probably that still would have happened, but we simply can't participate. Um, there's differences in those. And the truth is, in the Christian tradition, um, different Christians have held each view. And like, for example, in the Roman Catholic Church, both positions are often held, and sometimes it's seen as a vocation. If I'm a Franciscan, I don't participate in war, but maybe if I'm in a different religious order, I could be a soldier. So there's a lot of nuance in thinking about this, but, but those are the two basic positions. So in the next episodes, we'll talk about those positions, and I'll sort of give my perspective on the last episode. God bless and have a great day.